Welcome to the Beacon Broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon Broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com beaconbaptist.com The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. Moving on in our verse-by-verse exposition through the second epistle of Paul to the Corinthians, We are currently in chapter 5, and we find that Paul is continuing to talk about his life and ministry, what he did, what motivates him, what he lived for, what he keeps in mind. And though he is talking primarily in terms of himself and his close companions, what he says has application for all of us, and from time to time he breaks out of the, this is what I do, and this is what I think, and this is why I do what I do and says, now here's something that applies to everybody, as, for example, when he says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, not just Paul or Timothy or Titus or Luke or those who labored with him, but all believers are going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ, and there are certainly some valid reasons to believe that that word all even includes unbelievers. Everybody is going to appear before Christ the judge, and all are going to have to give an account to him someday. That is certainly true, whether this is referring to that or not, but that is certainly true. That is taught in Scripture that there's going to be a judgment before the judge of all the earth by every person. We're all going to have to give an account, and that applies to believers as well as to unbelievers. But at any rate, after talking about our accountability to God in verses 9 and 10, Paul then moves on to our responsibility to men because our accountability to God brings responsibilities to people. God has placed us here to minister to others, and so he takes that up in verses 11, 12, and 13. And that's where we're going on this Tuesday, December 6th. And thank you for joining us, and thank you for helping us, because we can only do this with your help. Please consider a year-end gift for the Beacon broadcast. Our responsibility to men, verse 11. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. But we are well known to God, and I also trust are well known in your conscience, For we do not commend ourselves again to you, but give you opportunity to boast on our behalf, that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God, and if we are of sound mind, it is for you. 
What is Paul's responsibility to men? It is, number one, the responsibility to have a clear testimony. It is, secondly, the responsibility for a principled defense. And it is, thirdly, the responsibility to serve. We'll take them up one by one. First of all, Paul considers himself responsible for a clear testimony, verse 11, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. A clear testimony, that is a testimony of the gospel of Christ to those who are in need of Christ. And why do we do this? It is because, according to the the words of this verse, the terror of the Lord. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Our accountability to God moves us to accept our accountability to men. We are to, in the words of the text, persuade men. Now, the question is, what exactly... What Well, there's a lot of questions, actually, that arise in this text. What terror of the Lord are we talking about? Is it the terror of the Lord that Paul feels for himself? Is it the terror of the Lord that Paul knows is coming to unbelievers, and therefore he tries to persuade them to trust Christ? So this divine wrath of God will not fall upon them. And when it comes to persuading men... Is he talking about persuading men of their need to trust in Christ? Or is he talking about persuading men of his ministerial integrity? And that may sound like a very foreign thought to insert in this particular text, but that's not so far afield if you consider it in the light of the context. But he's responsible for a clear testimony. We'll just leave it at that for the moment. Whether he's talking about a clear testimony of the gospel to those who need the gospel, or whether he's talking about a clear testimony of his own life before men so that he does not become a stumbling block in regard to the gospel. It is unfortunately true that oftentimes those who point lost people to Christ countermand their own testimony by an inconsistent life. Now, it's not possible for us to live a perfect life. That's true. And that isn't necessary either, for that matter. We do our best to point people to Christ, knowing that God the Holy Spirit has to open hearts and minds to believe the gospel, and also knowing that if people are unwilling to believe, they're going to find whatever reason they can, including one of the favorite ones. One of the favorite ones is those hypocrites in the church, (laughs) and they may include you in that number. That's why I'm not a Christian. That's why I don't believe the gospel, or sometimes even those who claim that they are Christians and do believe the gospel, but that's why I don't go to church. It's because of all of those hypocrites in the church. We're tempted to say, If you're not going to church because of hypocrites in the church, then please don't go to church because you just add another one to the number. But that's that's kind of a snarky answer. That's not a good one. And we need to recognize that our testimony before men 
is either an enhancement or a detraction from the gospel, and it is our responsibility to make it as attractive as we can. Again, recognizing that we're never going to be perfect, and if a perfect life is required in order to be an effective witness for Christ, then there'll never be one. Because the only perfect life was Jesus Christ himself. Even Paul the Apostle did not live a perfect life. And even if he had, he would have been criticized because even Christ who did live a perfect life was commonly and frequently criticized by those who did not want to believe his message. So, the presence of criticism... The presence of accusations of inconsistency and hypocrisy are not always even valid. And we need to remember that, or we will <laughs> we'll be in almost constant depression over <clears throat> the failures in our life or the supposed failures that other people see that we're not even aware of, and we'll just spend our lives going around in circles looking for every little every little um, failure and and shortcoming in our lives that could possibly be a stumbling block, and we'll, we'll squander all of our time and effort focusing upon self rather than upon Christ and upon the needs of others. So what we've got to do, of course, is to live the best life we can before the Lord with his help, recognizing it will never be perfect, but going forward to be an ambassador for Christ, a messenger who is eager and willing to tell other people about the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ because we know that's what men need. And so either way you look at this text, and I've given you two possible ways to understand it, we are responsible for a clear testimony. A clear testimony of the gospel to those who are lost. A clear testimony of our own commitment to Christ. Our our own seriousness about the gospel. We're not mouthing words that we don't really believe because our life demonstrates that we don't really believe them or our, our claim to believing them is a questionable claim. Let it never be that way. Oh, never let it be that way. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men... But then we are not only responsible for a clear testimony, verse 11, but we are responsible for a principled defense. And this is one of the reasons why I said in verse 11 that may be what Paul is talking about, a testimony of ministerial integrity. We persuade people that our life and ministry is sincere and is, is commendable. And you say, wow, I don't know that I want to put myself in that position. But that's what Paul gets to in verse 12. For we do not commend ourselves again to you, but give you opportunity to boast on our behalf, that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. So Paul is saying, in effect, I'm not going to commend myself, but... I'm going to give you the opportunity to defend me, to commend me before others, before those who are wrongly influenced. 
I'm asking you to do that. You know me. You know my life. Don't just stand silently by while critics are hurling accusations and slander and lies and things that are not true and just look at that as if, well, I'm, I'm really wondering where that's coming from. I'm really surprised where that's coming from. No, speak up. Speak up and defend Paul. The Corinthians, Paul said, are responsible to defend his integrity. And that's our responsibility as well. If we have, say, a pastor who is being maligned, and we are convinced that he is a man of integrity, we should rise to his defense. Now, obviously, if his testimony doesn't ring true and we're not sure, then we can't. I'm not asking you, not suggesting that anyone should rise to the defense of a person about whom they have serious questions. But if it's somebody who has proved himself to be a faithful servant of Christ, again, not perfect, but a faithful servant of Christ, a person of integrity, a person of honesty, a person who gives every evidence that they have given their lives to serving Christ and not self, and they are being maligned, they're being attacked, they're being questioned, they're being slandered by others who are trying to undermine their ministry, then let the people of God who know a different story by their own their own benefit under the ministry of that person and their own observation of that person's life, let them rise to his defense. That's what Paul is saying. We do not commend ourselves, but give you opportunity to boast on our behalf. So, there's a responsibility for a clear testimony. There's a responsibility for a principled defense, not Paul's of himself, but other believers on behalf of Paul and others who are of similar integrity. Until tomorrow, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace.